Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 296. We are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanoski. And I'm Austin Morales, and you're trying to rap, aren't you? No. No. Sound like it. You're getting there. You're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Brett Yanoski, and I'm here to say you are listening to a Casual Gamer Podcast. That's not even close. I'm sorry. That was yeah, embarrassing. You kind of had it, and then you lost it. Yeah, anyway, it just, yeah. this week on the Inner Gamer Podcast... Brett jumps into Astro's Playroom on PlayStation 5. I jump into Hades on the Switch, and we uh, kind of chat about Spider-Man Miles Morales a little bit. And for our discussion, or no, whoa, 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 getting ahead of myself. And for our gaming news, Alana Pierce joins Sony Santa Monica. That's some big news. And uh, Avengers has some new DLC, and we dive into uh, if Avengers will survive here in the next few months because it's do or die. And for our discussion topic, we have... Our annual 2020 holiday gift guide. We run down our top three video game buys, our top three hardware or service buys, our top three deals, and last but not least, the best buy of the season, which is coming from the list. So it's going to be pretty awesome. Although 2020 kind of doesn't have a lot to offer, uh, we've managed to find some cool deals, and we think uh, you really enjoy them, especially if quarantine's about to start again. You're going to want to stock up. Get ready. <laughs> yes. Dig in. And hear that music. Welcome to the It is November 24, 2020. Welcome to the Inner Gamer Podcast. For first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans. So if you ever have any feedback, please let us know on any of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, uh, email, hello, net, all that good stuff. If you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us. If you want to make this show better, please consider donating to us or simply sharing this episode with a friend. I have recently invested some income to support our channel and we have now been upgraded thanks in part to Macamac who has boosted our server once I have boosted our server a second time our discord channel is now a level one tier nitro boosted server which means that we can now stream 60 frames per second high or 60 frames per second HD videos in game oh. chat and our audio quality has increased to 128 kilobytes a second oh, so yeah. we have better audio quality and we have more features in that sense. So thank you, Macamac, for the boost. And um, I've finished it out to get us to the next level, and everybody's happy. So, so what do we need for the next level? Fifteen boosts. So it's a lot oh, more. Man. So I better boost. I boosted like a year ago for several months, and I didn't realize because they're like, "Oh, you get these cool features." This is back when I think they had the store, or they just got rid of the store. Right. So like you know, give away free things. And, um, well, nothing was going to happen with my one boost. So I was like, screw it, I'm just going to get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I bought the uh, Discord Nitro, which gives me two boosts that I can apply to servers. So oh, I, cool. I can apply that other one you to something boost? else. But oh, um, but I didn't because, I mean, yeah, there's no reason to do a third boost um, right now. Get that 15, man. Let's get that 15. I know we need, we're going to need 12 more. It's insane. Yeah, I know. But... That would be cool to have at some point because that would allow us to put a cool little graphic in our channel, like over on the sidebar, so you can see oh, like yeah. a graphic behind our name. Yeah. But um, 
it'll be a little bit before we get that. But anyway, with that said, um, we have a boosted Discord server. And if you guys want to make the show better, you can consider donating to us or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. You can contribute either through Patreon and get some exclusive rewards through Patreon, such as being a guest on our podcast. Or if you do a one-time donation, you can just donate whatever you'd like from a one-time um, you know, perspective. So that would be yeah. really cool of you to do for us. That'd be helpful to have us expand our content, hopefully eventually bring on some new hires um, to help us continue to bring better and bigger content to everybody that watches or listens to us. Help. Help us now. Speaking of watching or listening, if you tune in to watch us on Twitch, you can see us at twitch.tv slash intergamercast each and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Last week, we played Grounded for like four hours, which was awesome. It was me, Travis, and Sarah. So if you didn't see that, you can go to twitch.tv slash intergamercast and watch that stream recording. It was a lot of fun. Um, actually, it was mainly me and Travis for a little bit because for two hours, Sarah's game wouldn't work. Oh and, my! Um, Are you serious? It was it was bad. Yeah, because like you know how I Xbox know. just has a jacked up system, the way that it installs its yes. games. Um, yes. So her game wouldn't let her connect to servers uh, when she connected through. So <laughs> she eventually, uh. because it wouldn't work, and she tried everything, she ended up buying it on Steam because of oh the fact that she, it wouldn't work over the other system. So wow, that was that we're was seeing, a we're seeing the faults of. Uh, that system well it's stupid because like whatever hard drive you install it on it installs it into a it creates a new directory so instead of putting in program files like a traditional system would do it creates a new folder called windows apps and that's where it installs all your xbox game pass games and that folder is locked so in order to get into that folder you have to do a bunch of registry changes in order to open it up and even if you do that like to uninstall or get rid of that folder you have to change a bunch of permissions to be able to delete it and wipe it clean and then restart right. if you want to get game pass running again like if game pass gives you errors saying like something's not working it's really frustrating cuz that's what i had to do when i switch hard drives it just yeah. wouldn't allow me to function with it switching hard drives so Freaking Game Pass. I still love it. Horrible, man. Horrible. But it's got its flaws. Don't when it love comes that. To installations. Hate it. Hate it. We hate Xbox. Well, I thought you liked Game Pass. I did, but we can still hate Xbox. Okay. Well, I like Game. I like Xbox. I think hey, I'm just cool. trying to be consistent. Okay. We always say Xbox sucks. I don't. Kind I don't, of. I don't say it. I. I just. You did. They I'm gonna pull it up better. right now. Okay. Okay. I'm um, bro. You know, I see Xbox sucks. <laughs> see. <laughs> yes. No, um, I I almost bought a Series X last week, so I don't almost but hate it. That sucks. Well, I just couldn't get one, so I stopped trying because it wasn't available. But that's besides the point. Anyway, let's talk about PlayStation Five because that's where it's all at right now. You know what I mean? PlayStation Five games, all that good stuff. We've been playing PlayStation Five. We've had it for over a week now. Um, Austin, how are you feeling about your PlayStation Five so far? Are you still liking it? Are you still loving it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, outside of the fact that I could have bricked my PlayStation day one, I'm loving it. That's good. We got past that bump of the road by not even coming to that. Well, so far I haven't had any game. Well, I mean, you were talking about the Spider-Man game, right? In particular, yeah. that would brick it. Yeah. I think yeah. they've since fixed that issue, I believe. I would assume so. I think they patched something or did you something You can't let like that, that go on too far. Otherwise, yeah, yeah but. I will say that uh, um, I haven't had any save games not work. So all my games have been working and have carried over flawlessly. 
So that's a positive thing. That's good. Um, sorry for you, but good for me, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I just finished playing a game called Astro's Playroom, which is a game that comes with your screen just got really dark, by the way. Yeah, I opened XSplit to make the camera more high fidelity. And then it just reason, it jacked it all up. Really, it's got real dark. Yeah, there yeah. you go. How's that? Those of you that can't see Austin, uh, you should tune in to watch some of our videos at youtube.com slash gamer. Uh, you don't see the full podcast, but you'll see segments of our news part and then also our discussion topics. So check that out. Make sure you subscribe to us. Bang that bell so you get all the updates and notifications as they come. Uh, definitely don't want to miss that at all because it's awesome. And you get to see our faces, yeah. including Austin's really dark room. This is as bright as it gets. That's funny, man. I have dark hair, a dark shirt, and skin's a little brighter. I don't know. Yeah, all the things. All the things. Anyway, here we go. Yeah. Right. So uh, I started playing Astro's Playroom, which is the game that comes preloaded onto your PlayStation 5. So anybody that buys a PlayStation 5 is going to have Astro's Playroom preloaded. And if you really? remember back to the, yes, if you remember back to the PS4, there is, um, uh, there was a game called Astro's, uh, Astrobot Playroom or something like that. And it was a very basic tech demo that was just showing you how, here's how this game or how this controller works. Well, Astro's Playroom is kind of the same way where it's designed really to show you the full capability of your DualSense controller on the PS5, but it's also an, a, a game and it's a really good game. Like I sat through and played it yesterday. It took me about three hours to complete everything, two and a half, mm. three hours. Mm. And it's it's a full, realized, well done, fantastic platformer, like really, really good. And so much so that I kind of wish there was more content to it to continue through because the level designs and the whole experience from top to bottom was really, really awesome. And the fact that this is free and preloaded on your system is just so cool. And I highly recommend playing. So this is the this is the developers that did uh, Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is that VR title that like people fell in love with on PSVR, I think last year, two years ago maybe. So same people and Astrobot, this bot character is kind of becoming like the, the, um, the, the mascot for PlayStation a little bit because they started with Astrobot Playroom or whatever back in the PS4 and then they had Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is made by a company inside Sony Interactive Entertainment and then now we have Astro's Playroom. So this little character who's a cute little robot character is now becoming kind of like a de facto standard. And I think everybody and their dog that's played this game wants them to make this and expand it into a bigger and better experience because it's got so much potential and so much... This is like the Crash Bandicoot or the Mario kind of... Like, he's got that ability to be that character for people. Yeah. It's so charming. Very cool. Yeah. What's good. We need something like that. I agree. Wasn't on my radar. Yeah. Did Did you know it was on your console? No, really, I don't care. I didn't care about that. I know you've talked about it, but I was just like, whatever. You know, I want to play Spider Man. Yeah, Souls. fair. Well, I, I would recommend. I would really recommend diving into this because one of the things that it, it does a really good job of. Well, it does it does three things really well. One, it's a great game. Like just by by and large, it's a fantastic platformer, very well nice. designed platformer. Yeah. Uh, two, it showcases the power of the DualSense controller. Like it shows you every possible thing you could do with this controller 
very quickly and easily in a way you can understand it, which I like a lot, which I'll go into that a little bit in a little here shortly. The third thing it does really well is it's like a love letter to PlayStation history. Like what they've done in this game is you're, you enter into this uh, area called PlayStation Labo, which I find is funny. I, I wonder if there's any like Nintendo copyrights because there's Nintendo Labo, the the cardboard thing. And then here you have PlayStation Labo. But it's a, labo- it's a laboratory where there's a bunch of little astrobots running around that are like doing testing of games and stuff like that. So you'll see like, a video can an astrobot with a camera that's like taking a video of a, a little mini Spyro character on the table, and then somebody else is like playtesting an old game from like PS One era, and there's all these little bots running around just like doing little things. And then the objective is there's four pathways you can go to in the main atrium area, which is called the CPU Plaza, and the CPU Plaza is how you access, and it's designed to be like the internals of a of a game system in a sense. So you yeah, start in CPU yeah. Plaza and you branch out four different pathways. There is um, an area that's your solid state drive and there's like fancy names for it. Like one's like, I'll have to look up the names. I'll, I'll pull those up in a second. But there's one that's for the solid state drive. There's one that's like the GPU Coastway or some something like that. There's one that's uh, um, about your memory. So your memory stick or whatever. And there's one for um, cooling. So like your your cooling system, and they so they have these big giant ass like 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 a fan that's like a spinning fan that's got like cool blue lights coming out of it. You walk up to it and it opens up a portal. They enter into the portal and that takes you into that 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 level. And the level is broken up into four parts, and each part has a different kind of component to it. There's always going to be either a platforming level or there's going to be one that has a um, unique. Um, kind of special ability that really t- dials down into the a specific trait of the dual sense controller so for example in the gpu area it was all jungle based so when you're playing through the gpu land it's like you're in this big massive jungle but it was cool because like the leaves like the, the grass petals that were flowing looked like they were like uh cpu like ribbons of cables you would plug into c- computer parts but they were green but they had little like nodes on them that made it look like it was an electronic thing. Um, but you're traveling through this whole area, doing all this cool platforming, jumping around, fighting bad guys. You have a square that's just your regular attack. Uh, you press jump to jump up in the air, and you press jump, you press X, and you press X again and hold it to have like a boost. It's like a rot, like a, a short-lived uh, jetpack boost. And then whenever you are there's areas where you can jump into like, say there's a part in the very early part of the game where you jump into these catapults and you have your controller in your hand and you have to swipe down on your controller to pull back and launch yourself up in the air. And then when you launch yourself up in the air, you start flying and you use the gyroscope in your controller to move yourself around. And then there's a uh, one part back in the GPU area the jungle part where you become you enter into a a gorilla suit a robotic gorilla suit and you use your your dynamic your adapt your haptic triggers to one after the other like hold down r2 to reach up and climb so you're holding down r2 to like extend your arm and then you're moving the gyroscope controller that direction you want your arm to move up and grab a handhold and then you flip the controller the other direction and reach up and grab the other handhold using L2. 
And as you're doing that, because you're reaching up, you're feeling tension as you're pushing down the controller buttons to reach up and grab things. And then there's a part where you get to like this rope and you're holding onto the rope and you hold L2 and R2 together and you have to rotate your gyroscope controller in a full circle to spin your character around to wind him up to then leap, leap up and grab the next like pole that's up above him. And that's just like one of the ways that they um, utilize the haptic controller feedback, the tension, all that stuff to showcase what this controller can do. Um, there was one mission where you're inside of a little um, space out space uh, spaceship, and it's got two thrusters. So you have a left and a right thruster. Again, using L two and R two, and you have to use the thrusters and alternate them to control the direction of your spaceship and also use the gyroscopes to kind of navigate yourself through these electrical fields. So there's these things that could like catch you, like electrocute you if you hit the uh, hit the the field or whatever. So you have to kind of slowly navigate and kind of use the pressure sensitive buttons to kind of trigger yourself through. But there's there's all this really cool feedback happening throughout it. Sometimes it's a little excessive, but in most cases it's just there's just so much happy on the controller as you're playing this game. They're like, holy shit, I can't believe this is the, like there's all these subtle nuanced details with like the vibrations and the movement and the fact you're using gyroscopes and then you're using the swipe pad and you're also using the button triggers and different tensions and stuff like that. Like you're using your controller to its fullest capability throughout the entire experience. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, just, I mean, I think that's great, but at the same time, I feel like it's going to have the switch problem. Like the switch came out one, two switch or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you use it and do all this cool stuff with it. And, you know, these really awesome controllers and they cost a lot if you need to replace them or you want to buy different colors. And it's just like, how many games actually take advantage of those features? Like not, not even, I mean, it's very small fraction. I feel like it's cool that we have a game that actually deals with that, but um, I doubt that they're going to implement that anyway to most of the games, which is sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it very well could go that direction where it's just not fully realized. I mean, I mean, think back to the dual sense four, where or dual, dual, dual shock four, where they, um, you know, introduce a touchpad and it's like, Oh, this has, has some potential or just even the fact like infamous second son was a launch game. And like, it had a feature where you could hold and shake your controller you know, to spray paint on the wall and stuff like that. And that was really cool. But like nobody ever really put that to the test later on. I mean, yeah. all the PlayStation games try to introduce some of those features in there, but um, it wasn't really realized beyond that um, yeah. in that sense. And it's, it's interesting jumping into like, like I played Ghost Recon Breakpoint this weekend was with some people and um, it's weird because up to that point, I hadn't played a game that wasn't a PlayStation game. On with the dual sense controller, so I thought the triggers were like the tension. I just assumed that that was how the normal tension was in the controller. But when you go into Ghost Recon Breakpoint, none of that exists. So it's just like you just push it down, and it's just normal. Mm. And I was like, this is so different now. It feels so weird. I did feel that tension finally. Yeah, you're talking about. Yeah. So it's you don't realize it's there until you play something that doesn't have it, and then you're like, oh, yeah. okay, now it makes sense. Yeah. Well, honestly, I probably never would have recognized it if you never if you didn't remind me about it. Yeah, because you're like it's here and there, and I was like, well, I don't feel anything. I'm just squeezing this trigger and doing my thing. I'm so sucked in the game, I don't even notice it. Yeah, 
the uh, the other thing that was cool about this is the uh, the love letter to PlayStation. Because like one of the things you're doing as you're you're navigating through all these different, I mean, beautiful levels. Like they're they're just very pretty. Tons of visual effects and things happening in the world and just like a lot of different types of character enemies you get to fight and stuff like that. It was, it was a really cool just overall experience. I mean, the game is great. I mean, like really, really good. I can't talk enough great things about like I feel like everybody should just play this because it's just it's fun. It's really, really fun. And uh, they have this deal where they're kind of giving you a history lesson into PlayStation a little bit. So you uncover these artifacts as you like if you find like a off the beaten path kind of pathway, it's hard to navigate through that path. But if you go that direction, you'll find like a puzzle piece or a um, artifact. And the artifact is like an old piece of hardware from PlayStation's history. So each of the four quadrants represents a different generation of PlayStation. So one's for PlayStation 1, another one's for PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation 4. So when you're going through the PlayStation 2 level, like you're finding the PlayStation 2 console as an artifact. You're finding the, there was a a V-shaped memory card expansion adapter or a controller adapter that you plugged into your PlayStation allows you to output four controllers instead of two by using this V-shaped thing. So you collect that artifact. And then once you collect these these things, so like there was one where you got the PSVR move controller that they have for the gun. So the PSVR gun controller and the um, the network adapter from the PlayStation 2. Like you collect these little peripherals and they end up coming back t- with you to the PlayStation Labo to make it look like a museum of old PlayStation hardware. And all the little Astrobots are running around like working on it and setting up the stage and they're like have ladders that are climbing up to the top of these real 3D objects, the controllers, the consoles, the hardware peripherals, all that stuff that you're collecting to fill out this room as like, this is a badass like representation of like the history of it. And then along the walls, they have puzzle pieces that are empty. And as you're playing the game, you're collecting puzzle pieces that if you collect all the puzzle pieces is a really nice looking mural to showcase the timeline of everything that's happened in PlayStation in like a mural form. So it's like an art piece cool. up on the wall of cool. things that you're collecting. So it gives you reason to go through and you're collecting coins the whole time throughout the game. And those coins are um, used to purchase at the end of the game. There's a slot machine thing that you can like pull a lever and then grab an item and then squeeze it. And when you pull down the haptic trigger, like you feel the tension of you squeezing into this thing to pop it open and it can reveal like a puzzle piece you didn't collect or uh, artifact you didn't collect that can be added to your collection based on how many coins you collected throughout the course of the game. And it was, it was really awesome. But then when I thought it was all said and done, there was one more level that they had and I'm not going to spoil anything, but it was such a badass level. It was this big ass boss battle that they had in there that I did not expect to come. And then after the boss battle was done, there was another boss battle. And then after that was done, there was even one more thing that gave you another like re- big old reveal. And I'm like, I thought I was done with this thing. And it just kept on going with more cool stuff. And nice. it, it was so good. Like nice. I can't say enough good things about this. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, damn it, I have to play it. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing on the list, man. Yeah, like I said, it's, it's, I think I clocked in two and a half hours, so it's not, it's oh, not okay. super long. So it's not, okay, good. Yeah, it's very quick. 
but very, yeah, yeah, it's like lunch. the feeling that I had when I played dreams. Like, I feel like this is on the same level of the dreams mm. story that I played, which that yeah. was so well done and just tight and like beautifully designed. This is very similar. And cool. again, it shows all the cool things. Oh, you can like blow in your controller and have things happen. Like you can blow in your controller and it like spins a little pinwheel, which is kind of cool. So nice. Very nice. All right. I'm going to stop talking because that's my review of Ashley's playroom. Everybody should go Thank play you. it. <laughs> um, yes. And I, I will do that. Thank what have you been playing? Uh, so I was over on the Game Awards website and trying to vote for, you know, the Game Awards as we do every year to cast our vote. And Hades kept popping up. And I was like, what? Like, you, you said good things about it. I, I've heard a few things online and stuff, you know. And then I was just like, okay, I can't even do like a, <laughs> a legit rev- uh, like vote if I haven't played Hades. So I was like, screw it. I was at work. I downloaded it. I played it. And uh, I was surprisingly blown away about this game. It's a roguelike dungeon crawler. And you're in the underworld. Uh, this is all all the main characters are from the Greek pantheon. Mm-hmm. And so you're... Uh, dang, I forgot this guy's name. Oh, here we go. Your name is Zag- Zagreus. And yeah. you're the son of Hades. And you're trying to fight your way through hell to get to the surface and join uh, or go to Mount Olympus and be one of the gods. That's the whole story. Yeah. So you start off like going through this dungeon and not, they don't tell you anything. You just go. You're going. So we go. I'm just like, okay, this is interesting. I get, I get like little bits here and there. Nothing really telling me what I should do or how to do it. And I get pretty far and then I die. <laughs> and I was like, is this just, is this just going to be the game the whole time? I, there's like no explanation. There's, you know, a story-ish here, there, bits, and then, you know, just keep going and going. Kind of like, a, oh yeah, like a roguelike, like yep. we're used to seeing. Maybe kind of like Dead Cells. Yep. Which, I don't know how much of a story there was for that. <clears throat> uh, we didn't get very far in it. But, so when you first die, you, you spawn in this pool of blood, and you walk up, and there's all these souls, like, in this, like, kind of long corridor, you finally you see your dad and he's all everything is voice acted. So you go talk to him, he talks to you, you talk back, you start meeting people, they have exclamation marks over their head, so you talk to them and like everyone's voice acted, everyone has their own personality, like everyone's everything from the Grink Pantheons here, like and I was like, Wow. I've only played five, ten minutes of this game and I'm already blown away. Like voice acting's good, the dialogue's good, the writing's good. Like all this stuff is amazing. I heard the illustrations are like beautiful. Like all yes, the people are beautiful. That too. Yeah. So finally, like I go into my room. I you gain stuff as you go through the dungeons, obviously, and you can upgrade your character. And then you go into like this fighting room where you can beat this guy up as much as you want to test out uh, weapons. And so you get keys that you find in the dungeon to unlock new weapons. There's a, a bow, there's a spear, something else, and uh, a, a, a shield. And uh, so I like the spear. It's really cool. You can throw it and call it back and then do some cool moves with it. Anyway, so I go back into the dungeon, and you find these little orbs. Well, right, right when you start off, if you die and come back, you, there's an orb, you can unlock it, and it's a message from one of the uh, Olympians. And so it's one of your like uncles or whatever family members. And they're like, Hey, we're trying to help you get out of hell. Here's some of our power. And you're able to pick three different choices that they give you that kind of represent what that God is about. 
So like Zeus, you can do a thing where like you dash and lightning will strike an enemy nearby you. Okay. Or I think uh, Ares has a thing where if you dash, it'll leave a spinning spear. So anyone around you when you dash takes damage uh, for a short amount of time. And there's like healing buffs and all these things. So, at, so as you progress in this dungeon, you get more and more of these abilities that like power you up. And at the end of this first area is uh, kind of like a, is a boss. So you have to beat this person. And I went, I think I'm on my sixth, seventh playthrough of this area. And every time you come back to like the main area to like level up and stuff like that, talk to your dad, it's new dialogue every time. It has wow. not been the same whatsoever. I am blown away, dude. Like I got, I'm, I'm pumped to, See what's going on. Like something new is always happening. It's never the same. Now the dungeon's the same. And what's cool about the dungeon is that it allows you to take different paths. So it's never the same. And the door to go to the next area is after you clear clear out that room, you can choose like, do I want to go to this next room, which I can get gold? Or do I want to go to this next room that allows me to get like a new ability? And so you can kind of pick and choose what you want. And um, I was like, man, there's a lot of they made it where replayability is something you want to do. <laughs> Cause I'm curious, like if you go in and you beat the main boss, like right, cause I think that's what it is. Like you go in round one, fresh opening the game and you could probably go in there and beat the boss and move forward. Yeah. So I'm curious if you like miss so much, if that's a thing, I'm sure someone's like, you know, speed run Hades or something like that. Right. But I was like, yeah, yeah, this this game could be a game of the year contender for sure. Um, so so you're never so you're never playing. It's always the same level every single time. Like you die, you go to back to the same level from zero yeah. and Until run you through. Beat the boss. And then it's just there's just one boss right in the now whole thing. So no, I'm sure there's there's more because you're trying to get out of hell. Uh, oh, but I you're think, saying for the level that you're on, trying to fight that boss, like you haven't gone past that first, right? Maybe, right? Okay, I'm pretty sure there's like multiple bosses. Uh, yeah, because there's like furies. I think I forgot what they're called, but there's like a group of these, uh, a group of people that serve Hades. Uh, and yeah, I've only fought in one, so maybe just like six or seven of these. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's like this. The areas are the same, but the boss just changes each time, or how how that works. Well, right now, most of the play rooms I go into are very similar, and I assume that's because I'm in this one area. So, like, they don't change. It's just you know what spawns in each area changes, and um, they have like little mini bosses, I guess you could say, um, that allow you to. Well, they just take harder. They're just harder and harder to beat. Um, yeah. And as you progress through the dungeon, everything does get a little harder and harder until you get to the end. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> man I I'm think not- you'd like it. And I'm, I feel like I haven't heard, I, I feel like I, sh- I should hear more buzz about this game than I do. Like there is buzz, but I'm surprised it's not as buzzy. It's not, well, because it doesn't have like, I feel like the thing is because there's not a multiplayer component or anything like that, like people are talking about it, but it's not getting all the headlines and stuff like that because it's not yeah. an ongoing service game. It's not, doesn't have multiplayer, but like whenever this game came out, 
all the podcasts I listened to were like just eating this game up. Like just mm-hmm. they were like, this is the best game I played all year. Like this is hands down like a flawless video game. Like I can't find anything wrong about it. And it's I so I heard that, but it's like people did quickly fall off. I still know people that are still playing it, like still trying to run through the runs and stuff like that. But I just yeah, it feels like the marketing, I guess, of this game just didn't really hit like it wasn't like a widespread like it never got a game pass launch or anything like that so it's there wasn't a like marketing thing behind it and also because of the fact that it was early access for so long i think that's what also had an impact on it where it just when it came out on early access people were like holy shit this thing's amazing but it wasn't done yet and then when it finally came out being done didn't have as much surprise, yeah. shock, and awe. Actually, I heard negative stuff about Hades early on. Because yeah, the negative. It was just there wasn't enough there. And yeah. that and that was kind of money. my reason for like being like, okay, whatever. It's just Hades. You know, we got this bad rep already. I'm yeah. not gonna check it out. I got so much other things to play. And yeah, this is not a good year for a lot of games, given our circumstances and <laughs> all these AAA titles coming out. Mm-hmm. So. I played on the Switch. I think it plays great on the Switch. I think people should get it on the Switch if you have a Switch. And I think it's only available on um, uh, Epic Game Store on PC. It's on Steam as well. Is it really? Yep. I thought it was an exclusive. Oh, $24.99 on Steam. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. It's not it, even that it much. Was, it was exclusive on Steam during Early Access, or on, on uh, Epic during Early Access. Oh, uh, okay. That's yeah. weird. But it's it's out now on everything. Yeah, I think they got a, they signed like an exclusivity deal for like X number of months, and then after oh, that, it see, opened up. Um, so that's how you screw over Epic. It's just yeah, we're gonna do early access with you. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone everyone else gets it after. So the um, Switch, did you play it handheld or did you play on a yeah, TV handheld. with a controller? Handheld. So the 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 Joy Cons and stuff didn't bother you or anything like that playing this game. Nope. Cool. Okay. Yeah, that was my main concern. It's just like, will it feel awkward with the Joy-Con controllers attached to it? But that's good. It doesn't. So I'm gonna. Well, I have my Satisfy. Oh, that's right. You have a bigger thing. Yeah. So it really helps when playing handheld. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm impressed with Supergiant, like the things that they've done, because this is the same team that brought us Bastion, Transistor, Empire, all of which were like, I mean, they have yet to bring out a bad game. And that, that to me is shocking that they've been able to, I mean, cause Bastion was shockingly gorgeous. It was a beautiful mm. game. So much fun to play. Transistor, very similar, same kind of deal. Pyre was one of those games that people didn't even understand what it was, but then when they played it, they were like, this shouldn't be good, but it is. And like all the things that they mixed together. And now they're here with Hades, which is like, Oh yeah. A repetitive roguelike. And they figured out how to make re- repetition exciting and fun. Exactly. So, Mind blown. Yeah. Gotta say. They are something special, that's for sure. Well, cool. Um, I think we'll save Spider Man continuation talk for next week. That Sweet. works for you, Austin. And yeah. uh I'm gonna beat it by then. Uh Austin, you've beat it so far. How long did you say you took to to beat the game? Five hours. That's so crazy to me. I got six it hours felt in like it already. Eight. Like I I'm well, six I didn't hours do in. any of the extra stuff. I just beeline the story because I was like, Yeah, the extra stuff's cool, but yeah. It's not necessary. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of extra stuff. Just trying to like I'm gonna go try and go for hundred percent this time on this one too. Dang. But but now there's like, you know, they keep adding new things. Like when it was it's just like <clears> the <throat> problem I have with Spider Man one. Like that when they had the backpacks to find and then I had the cat things to find, 
that wasn't too bad. But now that they, they introduced like, oh, you can go fight underground hideouts and you can <laughs> go get into rocks on bases. Now that yeah. that's there, I'm like, okay, well, those are going to be like longer experiences. Right. Maybe I don't want to do that. See, I, I wouldn't mind jumping back in and doing that because yeah. that's pretty cool, I feel like. Yeah. So. There's a lot less content, though, which I'm very happy about. A lot yes. less but man, by the end of it, I mean, I think you've unlocked everything by now, but at first it's like, here's two or three things that you can go and do, but now it's like, there's a lot on that map. Mm -hmm. It's not as much as Spider-Man remastered, but... There's a lot. There's a lot now. I was surprised with how many how many suits they have, how many unlocks for powers, like mods they have. Yeah. Some of the new moves, I just unlocked the remote mines. And those things are super cool. Just like oh, you know, yeah, drop the it. remote mine, let them come in there and R L three and just like, heck, I just like throwing it on somebody and shot. Yeah, <laughs> it's so cool. But anyway, yeah. we'll talk about that more next week. So with that, everybody, that is going to wrap it up for our gaming segment this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us on our Discord channel. Check out that link in the show notes. And also, I want to give a huge shout out to our community member Silent Snipe, who has an extra server that he has in his house and he's decided to set up a server for us. So if y'all are ever interested in playing either Minecraft or this game seven days to die, which we haven't played before. So I'm really excited to kind of check this out. It's supposed to be like a survival zombie game. Um, we have servers for those set up now that are live and ready to play. I think the Minecraft server supports up to like a hundred people. So mm -hmm. we could have like 100 consecutive people playing in there at any one time. So uh, if you want to do that, go to our Discord channel. Those two server IPs are pinned in the games channel. So check that out and uh, join us for some gaming. It'd be lots of fun. The video games channel? Video games channel, yes. Hashtag video games. Thank you. Nice. Um, and if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned for our video game news. <laughs> You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you ever want to contribute to next week's episode, please send us a question or comment at hello at theinnergamer.net and we would gladly talk about it. You don't have to, right now, pay us anything to have your comment read on our podcast. All you All have right. to do is right into net. There's some podcasts out there that require you to be a paid subscriber to submit questions, but we don't have that as an option. We just want to hear from you. So send us a message next week. I want to hear from everybody. If you do, then maybe we'll give you a special shout out, you know, for something. I don't know what, but you know, you <laughs> should you should give us a shout out. Or you should give us a message and then we'll give you a shout out. You know what I'm talking That's about? Right. Yeah. Anyway, we're going to jump into the gaming news. First story we have, very exciting one, just because I've been following her pretty religiously lately because of just all the cool stuff that she's been doing. But Miss Alana Pierce is a video game journalist that has been around in the industry for a long time. She's very young, um, as in she's under the age of 30. And the things that she's done in the time that she's been in the industry is just kind of amazing. Because she's gone to work at IGN for a long time. She worked at Funhouse. She was on a podcast with the Gamescast with Gary Witta and Snowbike Mike. She has done a lot of stuff just across the board. And then she's also been working on her own personal content, our YouTube channel, which just recently surpassed 500,000 subscribers. 
So her herself is becoming an influencer, so much so that she's up for a Game Awards award for content creator of the year, which is pretty pretty wild to see. So Oh, yeah. She's been very busy in the world, and I think people appreciate her because she's very genuine and open and transparent about a lot of things and doesn't have a lot of like crazy exciting personality, but because of the fact that she knows so many people and has done so much in the industry that she's just become super respected and um, all that good stuff. So That's right. With that, she uh, recently said that she was leaving Funhouse. Um, it wasn't going to be working with Rooster Teeth anymore on the Funhouse project because she got a new job, and she wasn't able to say what that job was just yet because she's got a special case where she's on a visa, work visa here, um, she's not a legal or a fully fully realized citizen of the United States, I guess. Yeah. She's originally from Australia, so she's uh, got to ha- like wait until all that stuff's approved or whatever. <clears throat> but uh, she got a new job. She already was crazy. I don't know. She might she might be more so now. But I remember when she was working trying to get into Funhouse, like she had to get her visa like approved or some legal ramifications yeah. things around yeah. that. I don't know how that all works, but yeah. Um, crazy. But yeah, no, she uh, has accepted a job as a junior video game writer. And this is crazy to me that. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Oh, Brett's dying. <coughs> COVID. No, I have COVID-19. A, um, I ate something that had spice in it a second ago. But you're not eating right now. <laughs> oh, no, I just ate it, though. Like, literally, like, right before we started recording. And it just started going down my throat and it got stuck in there <coughs> and then created this happening. Okay. False alarm. That's that's what happened. It's not COVID. It's just spice stuck in my throat. But anyway, calm down. (laughs) Control myself. Contain. Anyway, so Lana Pierce has accepted a job as a junior writer for Sony Santa Monica. Santa Monica Studios, better known as the developers of the God of War franchise. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It's pretty sweet. Um, so <laughs> we, we were talking about this earlier. Like, I was like, what? I mean, I, I think you keep up with her more than I do, at least a little bit more. <laughs> yep. It was like, I didn't know she had any writing experience. I, I know she's done, um, some stuff with cyberpunk is like acting and things like that. And it's just like, and I know she's a DJ, but other than that, like, I didn't know what she was actually doing. And it's just kind of out left field for me. Which is awesome. Like, I'm really happy for her. Like, this, I mean, assuming she's good, I mean, this could be really good, especially yeah. for God of War. Like, holy shit. I'm excited. <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming if she's getting hired by Corey Barlog and their team, that she's got some skills somewhere. Yeah. You know, they're not just going to hire her just because of her name. They're going to definitely place her in a, some people do that in a place. Yeah. But I don't think Corey Barlog has that in him. Um, I think mm, he's, I don't know what he has in him. He's a bit. He's got a war in him. He seems more genuine than most people out there. Yeah. Um. But uh. But yeah. It's it's it was really interesting to see that they they picked her up. I mean, she's been doing. She's done a couple of voice acting roles. She was in obviously in Cyberpunk as a uh, side quest character. She was in After Party. She also did a voice in um another game. She did a voice in Gears Five. Uh. So she's done a lot of a couple of voice acting roles. But then she has been doing a lot of writing, and she's talked about this openly. If you if you follow her on YouTube, she's talked about her writing uh, practices, and that she's been trying to write a lot more. So, like when she's not like on camera, she spends a lot of her time writing, uh, 
doing all these different things. And I don't know who she's writing for or what she's been involved in. If she's done like freelance writing or whatever, I'm assuming she has, but she, uh, got hired by God of war and, uh, we'll be working alongside Corey Barlog and, um, very confidently can assume that she is going to be working on writing for Ragnarok, which was announced earlier this year. So coming out next year, (laughs) supposedly, I Supposedly. S- still don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, we'll see. Just build, just building the hype train and push it back to early 2022. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. could see that happening. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. So, and then, uh, Corey Barlog posted out Pierce dot, 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 and then had a gif of, uh, of Captain America saying suit up and, uh, doing the thing. Nice. So prepping her for that process. Pretty I cool. Like it. All right. So, Apple. I want to see this tweet. Sorry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's great. I like it. Super good. Go ahead. So Apple, um, as we all know, if you've listened to this podcast, has been in a lawsuit war with Epic Games since Epic Games came out and uh, went behind <laughs> their back and released their own transaction system inside of their app store, got the app pulled. Uh, that and then ensued a legal battle, all this stuff. Shockingly enough, the work that Epic Games has done, the lawsuits that they have gone through, has gotten Apple to surprisingly give in a little bit. Even though we didn't think that this would, I didn't think that they would do that. I thought, I mean, they're, and they're still battling. Like Epic hasn't won, but Apple has brought out or announced a new policy called the Small Business Program, in which if you make less than $1 million in annual sales, on the Apple App Store, you no longer have to pay a 30% commission to Apple. It's a 15% commission. So they've cut it in half. So if you're making less than a million dollars, you only pay a 15% commission versus 30. But you have to apply for this program. So you're not just like you launch an app and you get it. You have to apply to be part of the program. But this is a huge deal for small app developers on the app store obviously it doesn't affect epic games but it affects lots and lots of people that don't make a lot of money yet on the app store yeah i think it is bittersweet for apple and for us probably more bittersweet for uh epic games yeah their hand did make this happen but at the same time like were they really trying to make it for everybody else i feel like they weren't they, they, I mean, it just it helps them from being, you know, the pusher of this for sure. It makes them look good, but at the same time, like they're not getting, they're probably not going to get any money, the money that they wanted to. Who, Epic? Yeah, Epic. Well, supposedly that wasn't, I mean, that point was not to get any money out of it. The point was to make a change in the industry with this. Like that's what Tim Sweeney has been saying all along. Is that, yeah. But I don't know if that's, I mean, I kind of sided with what you're saying is that I feel like there was also some like, you know, selfish interests in this as well, in that they wanted to also get the policies changed so it would also affect them. Well, they um, put that thing up there where it's like, you know, in-game app purchases, which bypasses Apple's payment for the store, which is the reason why this whole thing started. Yes. Is they were doing direct direct payments right. uh, to Epic. And so they're like, well, we want that cut too, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, it was all money thing, in my opinion. Well, the, they did that just to show that... <laughs> Hey, like this is not this is unfair that you have to pay thirty percent to Apple regardless of anything. So they're like, let's 
we're going to allow uh, show you that we can offer cheaper microtransactions because we're not having to pay the 30% tax. And then they got shut down. But it was basically a statement saying, see, you could get cheaper stuff if we didn't have to pay this much to Apple. And then so Apple has then since responded saying, okay, now we're listening. You're not going to have to pay as much of a tax to be on our store. Now let's, you know, bring out your microtransactions as they are or something like that. But I, I mean, know. really, ultimately, I think That's what you're saying. ideally Epic Games wanted them to reduce the price like the the tax across the board, I think yeah. is what their end goal was, was to get like th- the thirty percent drop down to like twenty percent, and then that would have been a win for Epic because now they're not paying as much on taxes. They would use Apple's system, they would save money, and be able to make more profit. I think that's what they wanted to do, but it, they guised it with like, hey, right, this again. is for say everybody. Their goal probably in doing what they did was to get Apple to, across the board, reduce their percentage from 30% down to like 20 or 15 or something lower than what it is now, which would in turn put more money in Epic's pockets because they would have microtransactions in the store and instead of paying 30% tax, they're now going to be paying 20%. So I think they were hoping that Apple would concede and make this change across the board just like Steam did. But instead, they brought out this program that only applies to people that make less than a million dollars a year. So... In a sense, Tim Sweeney and their group did win, but I think their hope was that Apple would have done it across the board, and they didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, because they went, they went to court <laughs> for this. Right. They wasted money. Oh yeah, big time. So yeah, I feel like you don't. A company doesn't put the courtroom on the table unless they plan to make more money in the end. Like that just doesn't. And their own self interest as a corporation doesn't make sense. Yeah. So. They won for the community, but they lost <laughs> what they were really trying to gain. Yeah, but at the same time, they look they look good for it. I mean, for yeah. sure. It's good optics, but in the end, um, I don't know. I feel like I see through the scheme. Yeah. I'm happy, but it is bittersweet. <clears throat> well, I mean, I still think that... I mean, I think it's cool that Apple did like say, hey, you know, this is bullshit what Epic did, because I still think it's bullshit what Epic did, the way in which they did it. I don't think it was right. But at the same time, it is good that Apple was like, okay, there is a good point here. We need yeah. to make it more. I mean, they do need to make it more approachable for people because that 30% tax is a lot. And if yeah. you're new, I mean, I like the idea of once you reach a certain threshold, because I mean, that's what Epic did with their uh, their um, Unreal Engine. You know, if mm-hmm. you make less than a million dollars a year in revenue, you don't pay for the system. You right, just get it for right. free. And once you start bringing in the revenue, then you pay the high percentage, in which case then it, you know, they get a shit ton of money off of you. Yeah. But they're not hampering young up and coming developers from having to pay out money without making money off of the product. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting thing though. And I'm, I'm curious to see how this affects, like if we see more, I mean, it's 15% is is a lot of money, but it's still not a huge amount of a difference in the grand scheme of things. I mean, what is 15% of like a million dollars? I mean, that's probably quite a bit. But um, this isn't like the perfect solution, but it's a good stepping stone to yeah. get where we need to. $150,000. Sure. So that's $150,000 more in the pocket of developers if they're oh, making yeah. around a million dollars a year. Right. So 
that can be put towards marketing dollars and things of that nature. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, but that Fortnite's still banned. So thank goodness, keep that shit out of my <laughs> life. Um, so this is really interesting. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons, a game that I played. We've reviewed on this podcast once. Uh, talked about it. I haven't played much of it since I reviewed it, but I need to. I need to dive back into the story. <clears throat> it's a really cool game. It's out on a lot of things. It's one of those games that was a shocking move for EA because of the fact that they brought out a game that was touted as not having microtransactions, not going to have ongoing post-game content, uh, was going to be $40 as opposed to $60. Like a lot of things that just you didn't expect to come from an EA game. And yeah. they brought this game out. It did shockingly, it did not shockingly, it did well. Like it performed well, people loved it. And the story wasn't like amazing, but for what it was delivering, it was really, really good. So much so that people wanted more. And now, despite the fact that they came out and said that there will be no post game content, I don't know if it was because of the fact that EA was like, yo, like this game's really popular. Let's give you more money to make more stuff. Or if they just want to do it for the love of the game, whatever, they are bringing out new content for free to Star Wars Squadrons. So. This November, November 25th, so by the time you listen to this podcast, it'll be coming out tomorrow, um, you're going to get a new map. So they're going to have a map called Fostar Haven, and it is an area that will be available for both squadrons and fleet battles, and it is, quote, set in a remote, lawless area of space under the light of twin stars. This map has been updated from its story mode counterpart to provide a new experience that should fit well within the other six maps. In the prologue of Squadrons, which is set at the height of the Galactic Civil War, Fostar Haven was an isolated trading station that welcomed smugglers and pirates. Helix Squadron was sent there to search the cargo docks for all Duranian refugees. So in addition to this new map, they will also get a few new ship components as well, including prototype piercing torpedoes, anti-material rocket turrets, rockets, and a boost extension kit. And in December, they're dropping another content drop, that's going to focus on community requested features and two new starfighters, including the B-Wing starfighter for New Republic pilots and the TIE D Defender multi-role starfighter joining the Imperial Navy's fleet. All free content. Nice. So it's pretty awesome. I like it. This needs to happen. Yeah. And I would say, too, if anybody hasn't picked this game up yet, like Squatchins is going to be on sale beyond the already affordable price for, I think, like 30 bucks for Black Friday. And I think if you like flying games of any kind and you like Star Wars, this is a no-brainer. Like you should buy this yeah. game. It's really, it's really fun. It's a, it's a yeah, cool I think thing. Star Wars Squadrons is more important and uh, fascinating than we might realize. Because I feel like for forty, forty dollars, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you played it. Is there a campaign, right? Yeah, it's like a seven or eight-hour campaign. Okay. $40, 7 or 8 campaign. You got multiplayer maps, which is intended for multiplayer. Um, yeah, there's a free update. I mean, I, I wish more games would come at this scale. Yeah. Like, I think we would see a change. I mean, I think game developers and gamers, I, I think gamers, I don't know how successful this game is. I feel like it's fairly successful. Yeah. Has a decent fan base, at least. Um, I think it was a commercial success for them. Like, they, okay. I think they came That's out. Good. They didn't say, like, what the numbers were, but... This this won't be the first time we hear from a game like this, right? Look, I mean, you don't need anything past this. I mean, you have the multiplayer aspect. 
which is the game's foundation, I would say. And then you have this story tacked on, which I don't know how good the story is. And uh, there's a free update. I mean, $40 gets... I mean, really what people are trying to do is get someone into a game so their systems allow them to spend more money. Well, if you lower the barrier of entry and the amount of content you put in something and focus on actual how good the content is, which I feel like shouldn't be significantly hard these days. I mean, this content could have been like just 10 bucks, right? Yeah. I mean, average your net worth, how much it is to make DLC, what the DLC should be. And if you already have a good foundation, um, you're going to make more money. I just don't see why people don't see this. I know everyone's trying to go for like, okay, here's $60 and then not spend an extra 60 over the next three months on bullshit content. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard when you see the headlines with like Call of Duty Warzone where like, you know, Activision Blizzard last quarter made like what, what did I say? $1.3 billion in revenue or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's insane to me that that did so well and they could have easily, EA could have easily made this like a live service free to play game mm-hmm. and just brought out, I mean, it's set up to where <laughs> it could support and I wouldn't be surprised if there was a, a time where this was intended for that. Because yeah. they have all the formula to allow for that. They just didn't put that much in there. So there's not like a boatload of components. There's not a boatload of ships. But they're all really good and well-designed. And yeah. um, I'm curious if that was the case. And especially when they had the VR component, which you can tell it probably was intended to be a VR game. And then they yeah. decided to make it into a full version game, which I'm glad that they mm. did. Because it's a game that deserves to be played by a lot of people. Like I feel like it's right. just like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Like... Finally, EA has figured, like, they're finally making somewhat good decisions. Hopefully they continue to do so. But um, with the last two Star Wars games that they brought out, they they delivered <laughs> on something good. I wouldn't is, even say finally. I would say somehow they've made a good decision. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah somehow. <laughs> um, but yeah, very But very everyone's using uh, the cookie cutter. Like, they see one game making a lot, a buttload of money for games as a service. Like, all right, take that cookie cutter, boom, put it in our game. And it's like it doesn't work that way. Right. Like every game is gonna be different. I think you can come up with different systems for different games. As much as I don't like microtransactions, like I've been playing Valhalla, right? And it has microtransactions where you can go in, spend real money, and get some gear. Uh get some cool like gear stuff for uh your settlement or for you and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, the option there to buy it is there, and I don't prefer it. But in the game, it actually allows me to do these specific daily quests that I get in-game currency to in order to buy these. And yeah. the stuff that's in that shop changes every day, so it might take a month before I get all the gear. That's how it used to be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you would play the game to eventually get cool stuff. Well, I don't want that in there, but... If it means that I can have the ability to get it over time, that I feel like that's a better sacrifice compromise than them just putting it outright, hit the pay X amount of money to get this cool stuff. Like we've come far because before that's how it was. You want this cool thing? I mean, WoW still does it. You want this cool thing? Got to pay twenty five dollars for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. It works because it makes the developers happy. You screw them for the most part. Not developers, the publisher. Whatever, I don't like them, but we've made a compromise, and I think it works for right now. And I think they could do that with a lot more games instead of cookie cutter bullshit. Yep, I agree. All right, ran over. 
Rant over. All right. Uh, I'm going to jump into another quick story about more content coming out for games. And that is Marvel's (laughs) Avengers. Yeah. Get excited. You you stuck that in there and I didn't even open it yet. Oh, I did. I snuck it in there real, real good. It's like, I'm just going to sneak it in there along with this other one. So we haven't (laughs) talked about Marvel's Avengers in a little bit, but I just want to talk about this because I am kind of excited and hopeful that this is a turning point for this game, but we'll see. Uh, Marvel's Avengers has announced their next release date officially for the new character, Kate Bishop, coming out December 8th. So not too far away, a couple weeks, we're going to get Kate Bishop, and with it will come a brand new story bit of content that is immediately following the end of the main story campaign. And they go into uh, what Kate's goals are going to be, the relationship with Clint, um, also known as Hawkeye, um, his influence on the overall storyline entirely, and this whole new component of like this time warping stuff where like I guess Clint is in another timeline and there's there's these it's just it seems wild and weird and different, but it's it's very interesting. I'm very intrigued by like what they've set up so far. And what I'm concerned about though, is that they talk about all this cool stuff in the story, and I think the story is going to be good, and I'm hoping it's like a three- or four-hour campaign as opposed to like an hour-and-a-half-long experience. We'll see how that turns out. But you still saw a lot of the same kinds of enemies and the same kinds of places as you're playing, and I'm like, hopefully they decide to bring some new biome or territory or something with this content update because I think people would like to see that. But I don't see many new enemies other than the creation of the super adaptoid, which is what looks to be a villain that'll be added to the villain sector component. This is from a comic book, so this isn't like they just made this thing up. It was in the comic book franchise at some point Mm -hmm. in Marvel's comics, and uh, it looks like it's a character that can inherit the abilities of the Avengers, so can kind of do what the Avengers characters can do, so use your powers against you. Kind of. Yeah. So um, it, it, it looks like that'll be a third villain sector that we'll be able to partake in when the, uh, the update comes out. But Kate Bishop is an archer, um, so she's got a lot of abilities with arrows and bows, but she also has a sword, which I didn't expect to see. So she's got some melee combat she can do with a sword. Um, her support heroic is decoy, which will create a hologram replica of Kate that distracts enemies with quantum energy arrows. Um, and then, of course, she has her sword. And then she has a double jump, uh, an air dash powered by short range teleportation to keep her moving. Um, and a few other components as well that make her a pretty unique looking character. Like there's definitely some interesting pieces there. Uh, one of which is I think you can drop down a teleportation portal that people, other players can run through. So like say you're Captain America who can't like go anywhere half the time because he's can't fly or anything like that can use her teleportation portals to like teleport faster to an area. So it's, um, you help her friends teleport too. Yeah. 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 Other people can use it. So that's, Good. that's kind of nice. We need it. We need that. Um, so they announced that and they also went into a little bit of a trailer that showcased kind of the future roadmap a little bit more and talked about the next, uh, mission, which is going to include focus around Clint, uh, Hawkeye and it sounds like it's going to take us to a new area that's in another timeline where uh, the world's kind of been ravaged and <laughs> desolate. And they introduce Maestro, 
dressed up as Hulk, which I don't, I guess Maestro's a, 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 a villain or not a villain, but like a superhero. Are you familiar with this from the comics? Everybody knew what Maestro was, but I'm so out of like Marvel Sounds comics. Familiar, I don't know but anything. honestly, I don't. Okay. Well, Maestro was there and it was a Hulk dressed up that had like hair and things and he was sitting on a throne and it looked really interesting and cool. And there was a little teaser in there where I saw Black Widow's helmet at the base of uh, this place. Okay, Black here Widow? We go. Or not Black Widow, sorry. Black Panther. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, what? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Maestro is a fictional supervillain who appeared in the comic books uh, created by writer Peter David and George Perez. He appeared in the Incredible Hulk Future Imperfect number one, which is the name of this new um, DLC, Future Imperfect. And he is Hulk from an alternate future. Maestro possesses Bruce Banner's intelligence and the Hulk's more malevolent personality traits. So, very cool. So they're, I mean, they are literally following the stories of the comics. That's good. Like, because looking here, after a devastating nuclear war destroyed most of the human race, the Hulk and a group of other radiation-empowered heroes were captured by AIM and MODOK with the goal of eventually analyzing their physiologies to recreate the immunity to radiation. However, 100 years later, the Hulk broke out of the VR machine they were using to keep him contained and decided to work on rebuilding the world himself. So I like that they're like diving so deep into like the roots of the stories here with uh, the comics. I, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. But with all but, of that, like, is this enough to bring you back, Austin? Like, <clears throat> like, uh, what, what are you thinking right now with the announcement of Kate Bishop so, and then what may be yeah. early next year, Hawkeye? Like, what do you think? Well, I think the core of Marvel's Avengers is good. Obviously, the campaign was super short. Although I am excited to dive in and check out this new content, I think it in- inevitably will be a little uh, too little too late. Because, I mean, if I if you really think about it, what what we accomplished in there, what else there is to do? It's just more grinding in the end. There's no new like cool. Like uh, I feel like they needed a whole new faction of enemies. And I don't think we're gonna get that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we watched a video recently. I think it was by Young Yeah, and he was saying that like. 98% of the people have dropped off on uh, on PC. And it's pretty sad because <laughs> I think I checked it the other day and it was like 300 people online at the time and then the peak of the last 24 hours was only 600 people. That is that is horrible. Yeah. Like I checked out Vermintide which is way older and it still has thousands of people playing at the peak of 24 hours like over 3000. And I was like yeah, that must be hard. Like, how, how do you, where do you go from here? Yeah. Like, I don't know how they bring this back if it's even possible. Um, obviously riddled with many issues uh, in the game, uh, bugs and stuff. And I don't know, man. I don't know where I stand. I mean, I'll play this, but <clears throat> I think after this, I might be done. Done. Well, I wonder if they can no man sky this at all and bounce back in yeah, some capacity. Possibly. But it's going to be hard because I mean, they just need to. The fact that they've, if they had brought out these characters at a more regular pace, like I think they originally intended to, um, things would have been very different. Yeah. I think we, because once like we finished playing all the content at the end of like mid November, or no, not, <coughs> we're in mid November, mid October, 
<clears throat> end of October, if they had brought out end of October Kate Bishop, I think we could have they could have kept the train rolling and that momentum happening. Yeah. But yep. um, a lot of people, and then all of these games came out at the same time too. So it's like people have just given up on it because yeah, all these other the games point? are here. And mm. I could see us come like I, I see myself coming back, but my problem that I have heard other people talk about <clears throat> is that once I hit my character, like Hulk hit 150, once he gets there, there's nothing to do with Hulk anymore. Like yeah. there's no point of playing him because there's no end game con, there's no like higher level stuff, there's no raid like there's supposed to be, the secret lab that's available for me to do something with him. And there's there's no higher level cap or any like there's some better exotic gear but it's not like significantly different so at that point i stop playing him and i go play other characters to level them up which is good that that's there but that was a good point people made it's like once you get like ghost of shishima the purpose of getting to the high level tier 105 100 or whatever is to play the raid like that's your goal is to get to the raid and play the raid and beat the raid and then once that's done it's just done and you're you finished everything but in here there is none of that so I don't know, but there's just missing content that would have helped fill some of these holes and make the campaign longer, which should have been again, like we look at Ghost of Tsushima, like how it was a great campaign, added on that extra stuff, even though this Avengers is, it's all about the, you know, that going in and playing with friends and stuff, which is fine, but they just, yeah, I think there's a lot of story that's lacking. Yeah. I mean, I love they the story. Fit, I thought off like over $60 million. Yeah, I know. That was 50 a lot. or whatever. Just trying to fix his game. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope they can bring it back. This is a game I want them to to save. Or I want it to succeed and do well. Because I've had such such a good time playing. I played more of this game than I have like any other game on my PlayStation 4 in a long time. And I yeah, want it to do well. How did you have in it? 65? 70? Okay. okay. Like that's, that. that's a good amount of time. Yeah. Um, granted, Ghost of Tsushima, I have 70, and I haven't even beat the game yet. <laughs> which is <laughs> yeah, a big story right there to say yeah, that exactly. I put in over 70 hours in this game, and I have yet to beat it. Like That's how much I love that game. Um, anyway, so Marvel's Adventures, new DLC. Um, I, I think I'm going to hold off on the 2020 Game Awards and talk about it next week since we're going to have a discussion about it. How's that sound okay. for you? That sounds good to me. Okay, cool. So 2020 Game Awards, they've been announced. Uh, you can go check them out. Go vote. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about them. Uh, so tune in to our podcast next week to hear kind of our predictions and thoughts into what was nominated and what wasn't. Um, but with that said, stay tuned. We'll talk more about that later. Next story, Demon Souls. Austin, have you started this game yet? I've been waiting. Yeah. I mean, it's a remake, so there's no point to like really dive into it immediately. So. Or is there? Is there? I don't know. Tell me. Um, there's a mystery door that was inside of Demon Souls that people were not sure what was there, what it was there for, and uh, people that are like hardcore in this game realized that oh, this door wasn't in the original Demon Souls. Why is this door here? Where did this door Ooh, come from? That's interesting. And uh, for about a week last week, people were trying to figure out what this door meant, and finally, a streamer, Distortion Two, has figured out how to unlock the door and made it inside. And what you have to do is you have to find these coins. There are these uh, little um, uh, mysterious coins, ceramic coins, 
And once you collect enough of these coins, they have a similar design to what is on this door. So you collect specifically 26 of these coins and you take them to Sparkly the Crow, which is a trader in the Shrine of Storms inside the game. And with it, you get a rusted key. You take that key to the door, which is in World 1-3, and you open it up and it has in there a corpse with a full penetrator armor set and sword. So it's a fancy armor set to make you a badass. Nice. Right there inside this mysterious door. So nice mystery solved. Really cool. Apparently blue point like consistently does this is whenever they do remakes of games, like they did the same with shadow of the Colossus. Apparently you had to collect also coins ironically and uh, collect several of them to open up some new unlockable secret area that was otherwise not in the original game. So they like to put these little hidden gems that just kind of make it their own a little bit, which I think is cool. I like it. Yeah. Oh, good for them. So when do you think you're going to jump into it? Honestly, I'm trying to hold off as long as possible because I feel like if I jump into that, I'm I'm really going to like it. Yeah, that's good. Just because all the new graphics, Souls games, and the new era of gaming consoles, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. So... But I need to beat Valhalla. I got to beat Ghost Tsushima. <laughs> I got to I got to restart Legion because apparently I lost my save. <laughs> and uh, what else? What else? Is Cyberpunk that? when that comes out. Oh god! I already forgot about Cyberpunk, man. It's only been two days. <laughs> I know. December. 10th, oh man. fuck me! Better get busy. And you got seventy hours to play of. Uh, We're supposed to do a two day D and D session. We're gonna cancel that so we can play <laughs> these games. Yeah, fuck that. We're gonna play that. instead. That's right. All right. Oh my gosh. All right. Last story we have before we close this out. Uh, there's there's a rumor that PlayStation may have a response before long oh, to Xbox shit. Game Pass. So they were uh, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan, was on a Russian outlet, TASS, and he hinted at a competitor to Game Pass saying, quote, There is actually news to come, but just not today. We will have PlayStation Now, which is our subscription service, and that is available in a number of markets. That's all he said. But this was in reaction to a question, do you all have something in the works that's going to combat Game Pass? Because (laughs) as as we talked about many times on here, Game Pass is like kind of the the golden egg to Xbox right now. Mm -hmm. Like I've heard a lot of people Mm -hmm. that have been buying the Xbox Series X and they say that it's been kind of underwhelming because, yes, the graphics look good. Yes, the speed is faster. Yes, the quick resume is amazing. But because of the fact that the UI is no different, because they updated the UI on Xbox One X before they brought out the Series X to be the same, so they're consistent mm. across the board, there just wasn't this feeling or sensation of like, oh, this is fancy and new. Not that it's a bad thing, because it's still a better console and better capabilities and all that stuff, and way faster. But having the Game Pass was like that happiness moment where it's like, holy shit, Like I just bought this. I have a subscription for Game Pass. I have a boatload of games I can play without having to like pay anything new, basically. So that was cool, but at the same time, it's like wasn't this like super exciting feeling, but... Game Pass itself is what is keeping Xbox like really, really strong and alive and different than right. uh, PlayStation. Yeah. But I mean, we know we have like PlayStation brought up PlayStation Plus Collection, which is like 20 or 30 games that they have with the PlayStation 5 if you have a PlayStation membership. 
And then if you have a PlayStation Plus membership, you also get two games a month that are usually pretty solid games. So with that, you're getting 24 games a year that come with it that very easily could be added into a Plus subscription if you wanted to in some capacity. And then they have PlayStation Now, which is their streaming service uh, that does doesn't get a lot of, I feel like doesn't get the attention it deserves. Maybe it's just because it's too expensive or whatever it is, but um, it exists and it's supposed to be pretty good. But I'm curious to see what it would look like if they did a Game Pass. Like, would they do something that's basically the same kind of deal? Would it be exclusive to Sony games? Like, would you just get Sony PlayStation games on this pass? Like, what would we want? I don't know, actually. I mean, I think they're fine where they're at. I don't know if they need a Game Pass. Yeah. I mean, their Plus subscriptions basically the pass to their first-party titles. Like, just keep it as that, I think. And that's I, mean, I can't the... say... If they got a Game Pass, I mean, I, well, I feel like I wouldn't feel any different about it. Yeah. I, I, th- I thought their PS Plus subscription with the free games is already big enough, in my opinion. See, that's kind of... I lean that way as well. Because, I mean, with Game Pass, there's a benefit of, like there's these games that are always available for a period of time, like just to download and play. But when they're gone off the store, they're gone off the store. What's cool about the plus store is that once a game is out that month, you may not want to play it that month, but if you add it to your library, you have that forever. It never leaves. So there's no, yeah. like it's going to go off the store. It's going to go out of your system. Like right. every, every month, every game that comes out on game pass that I'm have any remote interest into, I add it to my game library. I don't download it. I don't play it. I just add it to my library. And then yeah. at some point in the future, I might be like, hey, I'm going to go play that game I downloaded eight months ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <clears throat> that and you get all the free games. And it's way cheaper. I, like I mean, for PlayStation, you know, history. So, yeah, that too. I mean, it's like, what, 60 bucks a year for mm-hmm. PlayStation Plus? Yeah. We're playing 10 bucks a month now for yeah. Game Pass. I don't even yeah. play those games. Yeah. <laughs> Hardly right now. Well, there's so much so so many other things to do. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know, but we'll see what they decide. Yes, we will. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting that they're working on response to it. But I think they should just leverage PlayStation Plus as much as they can, and uh, make. I mean, I feel like that's such a service that has potential to like really grow and be something fruitful, and it really already is. So, hopefully, they leverage that in some capacity. But yeah, I agree. Anyway, if you haven't subscribed to us yet on YouTube, you should check us out at youtube.com slash gamer and subscribe to get our videos as they launch. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our discussion topic, which is our big epic holiday gift guide 2020. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. week we dive into a hot topic about video games but this week it is not just a hot topic it is a series of hot topics in which we are going to have our annual 2020 holiday gift guide for gamers this is our episode that we do every single year in which we talk about all of our picks that we recommend from video games to hardware to services to whatever that'd be great for you or your family members to pick up for the holiday season. And the day you're listening to this is several days before Black Friday. So just in time to pick up some stuff for your family or loved ones to get them for gifts. Obviously, it's a different year because of the quarantine, the pandemic. So I'm sure 
purchasing things will be a lot less common maybe than previous years, but we think we found some deals that are worth your attention for either yourself or your gamer friends and family. So that is our our discussion that we're going to talk about, and we're really excited to share it with you. And we also it was have hard. community picks as well, which is awesome. Yeah, you had, did you have trouble? I did. Like I remember last year, the year before, like we, there's some good stuff out there, and you know I had a list of things, and some didn't make the cut, and yeah, this time it was kind of bare bones. But luckily, there's a lot of actual cool things that we'll get into that um, are norm- normally priced items that are still something that you should pick up because. I mean, you can't beat it. Yeah. I mean, it's like one of the things that I want to put down here was like a PlayStation 5, but I feel I was, like... I was going to do that. I mean, I... If you I, get it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say like, I recommend it for sure, but it's just like, it's not super available right now. So it's yeah. not something yeah. I want to recommend because this is meant to be stuff that's out there that's readily available that will be on sale that hopefully you can get your hands on during the holiday season. Yeah. Um, but PlayStation 5 is just, if you can get one, get one. But otherwise, well, we got other Speaking options. on that, we can. I, I looked it up. I'm sure you did too. Walmart, you can get them online. And I heard someone say that if you buy them online, you can go pick them up in store. <laughs> so I don't know how that works. Go look at the ads. Yeah. And then GameStop uh, obviously has some very limited. The guy at GameStop, when I went to trade in my PlayStation 4 Pro, said uh, there might be two. At each store, might, <laughs> might be. be two. So slim pickings. Get there early and hope you're at the right store. <laughs> and hope you're one of the first two people. Exactly. Yeah, it's crazy. Otherwise, man. you're screwed. Awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, let's dive on in. So <clears throat> the way we've broken this down is uh, is based on a couple of categories. So the first one is going to be our top three video game purchases. So these are games that. First and foremost, we recommend that you should play them if you haven't already. And secondly, they're on sale. So there's going to be a price cut of some kind available for these games. But the main focus is that these are games that we feel like you should play this year that has a cool deal attached to it and is really exciting and fun. Um, the next one is going to be our hardware service buy. So this can be either like you know a new console, it could be a peripheral, it could be a service subscription. Um, any of those categories could be included in here. Again, something that is highly recommended that you pick up and purchase and also happens to be possibly on sale. It may not always be on sale, but there's a chance that it could be on a discount in some capacity. And last but not least, we have our top three deals, which is first and foremost, this is a really solid deal for whatever it is that we're suggesting here and think that you should pick it up and acquire it because of that reason. So and then we'll end with our best buy of the season. So this is like, if you don't buy anything else this year, this is what we suggest you should pick up because uh, it's the best bang for your buck and gives you a lot of value for something for the year to come. So that's that's how we're going to break this down. Sweet. Let's do it. So without further ado, top three video game buys. These are not in any particular order. These are just games that we recommend you purchase. <clears throat> Austin, what is your first pick of the year? What is the game? How much does it cost? Tell me right now. Should I just go through all my list? Because they're all at one location. Okay. Does that work for you? That's fine. I mean, I'm not I'm not mentioning retailers. I'm just we're gonna have oh, another I thing to preface. Uh, we're gonna have links in the show notes. So yeah. the idea is that we tell you all the games, what the price is gonna be, because a lot of these deals are gonna be across the board at most multiple locations. 
So like even though one huh. real tailor has them, a lot of times they're like repeated, okay. maybe within five or ten dollars of each other. But we're gonna have links <clears throat> in the show notes. So if you want to go and check out those links to purchase these products, you'll be able to see it there. But if you want to mention the so retailer I, too, you can do that as well. I was thinking you just go one stop shop. That that was my my thing. Okay. So which, I'll which worked one out. Top, it's one stop shop, yeah. Mine's yeah. all over the place. So on Black Friday, you could go to GameStop and get Resident Evil 3 for $20, Ghost of Tsushima for $40, and this is probably big, I don't know, just came out, Watch Dogs Legions for $32.99 for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5, if you have it. And I think everywhere else, it's either $40, and I know, I think it was last week when the Xbox and PlayStation 5 dropped that they were saying you can get it for like $50 on Amazon. So this is significantly cut, and it just came out. Yeah, that's I don't know what that says about the game, but <laughs> me and Brett liked it. You know, it's a fun game, and for you know, updated graphics for next gen consoles. I mean, thirty two ninety nine. You can't beat that when all games are like seventy bucks. So, hell yeah, I think you should get it, and you don't have to go very far. Just go one store, and you might get a PlayStation Five. I don't know. I don't know. That would be awesome, actually. Yep. So, so with these games, you mentioned Resident Evil, Ghost of Tsushima, Watch Dogs Legion. Um, why these games? Like, just briefly, <clears throat> each one. Like, tell me why. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, Resident Evil 3, I liked it because, well, I thought it was actually a pretty good remake for what it was. Um, I played 2, and it was it was pretty good. That, that's on sale t- as well. But, um, yeah, I had some pretty... I raved about it early on, so go check out that podcast. And, uh, obviously, Ghost of Tsushima... We love this game. Uh, definitely a game of the year contender. So if you haven't tried it and played the story, you're going to want to do that because it is amazing. It has all the features of a um, great game of the year title. And obviously, Watch Dogs Legion is pretty fun. It's not this you know high story-driven game, but I mean, you should you know what you're getting into. There's a lot of wackiness and fun things and uh, areas you can go sneak into, kill people, or just, you know... Uh, do some espionage type things. And uh, yeah, it's just kind of like a playground. And you're in London. And there's like futuristic stuff too. So, Like self-driving cool. cars. Like self-driving cars. Yeah. It, it is a, that, that is a really good price point for that game. I was shocked when I saw you post that. I, I, I like, paid. Fuck? Yeah, I paid full price. I could have waited. <laughs> oh, man. Little did we know at the time. It's a bummer. Awesome. Well, uh, so I have three games that I chose as well. Uh, my first game is, of course, as Austin mentioned, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, $40 at Amazon. So if you don't want to get a GameStop, you can get it at Amazon. Not only is that a deal for Black Friday, that is the deal now. So if you go to Amazon.com right now, you can get it for $39.99, which I was shocked to see um, that price point. Because not only is this game a fantastic single-player game with a very extensive story that I've already put over 70 hours into... It also had the free Legends update that we've talked a lot about on the podcast that you can play with your friends. So there's a lot of content in this. And at 40 bucks, like, I don't think there's anything else out there that can be a better deal. I mean, I've already, mm-hmm. like I said, 70 hours of content, and I'm not even yeah. close to being done with this game. That's right. I'll probably hit 100 by the time I'm done with it for 40 bucks. That's amazing. And even though I paid 60 for it, but, you know, be honored that you are getting it yeah. cheaper. <laughs> and waited. <laughs> yeah. And it looks beautiful on the PlayStation 5. It just it, it runs good. I mean, it do, it actually I was kind of surprised it doesn't look as 
doesn't look amazingly better like I thought it would. I was very impressed the way that they optimized it for PS4 Pro because really going from PS4 Pro to PS5, the only real difference I noticed is maybe it's a tiny bit smoother uh, and it loads faster. Like that's really the only thing. But as far as graphical fidelity, I think it looks just as good on the PS4 Pro as it does on the PS5, which is a testament just to the what they were able to do to optimize it for PS4 Pro. Oh, yeah. So, Freaking fantastic. Really good. Uh, the next suggestion I have is a deal that you can get on the PlayStation Store, and that is Marvel's Avengers. Yes, I am recommending this to y'all. For $30, you can get uh, it. $29.99. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. content to get out I mean, of this game true, for $30. True. I didn't think of it that way. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. You got a full story featuring Kamala Khan. It's really good. It's maybe not be long enough, but I thought it was pretty pretty good length of a story. A lot of fun, great characters, lots of cool end game content. Well, not end game content, but like post campaign content. Um, mm-hmm. And now's the time to buy it because they fixed a lot of the bullshit bugs that they had. There's still bugs, but yeah. it's a lot oh, less yeah. buggy than it was when it first came out. And right. at thirty bucks, I mean, I've already put sixty five, no, sixty one plus nineteen. 71 like over 80 hours in this game so yeah 30 bucks not a bad deal should totally hit that up right now and then come play with us because my friends are starting to not play it as much i would <laughs> i would play with you that's right we, we, we don't care anymore <laughs> uh and then the last deal i got here is shockingly actually i'm going to recommend the last of us part two uh on amazon it's on sale for 30 dollars as well so one of the things about this game is that it is a single-player-only experience. It is about 30, 35 hours long. I haven't beat it yet. Um, but what I played so far, I mean, this is a gorgeous game. It's got fun gameplay, interesting story. I know there's been a lot of controversy around the story, which I haven't gotten to some of those parts yet. But for a $30 sequel to the original Last of Us, which is really, really good, I think this is a solid value. And supposedly... There is multiplayer in development for this game that will be added on to this for free that they were supposed to have brought out really? probably already, but it's it was always said that there's gonna be a multiplayer component to this. Interesting. And those that huh. have played multiplayer in the first one said it was pretty good. So yeah. um I'm uh, I'm anxious to see what that looks like. And at thirty bucks with also a promise of multiplayer, I mean PlayStation's killing it with their first party titles getting bonus content for free with multiplayer. You know, it's no brainer. <clears throat> and um it's actually kind of crazy that all these games came out this year and they're so significantly underpriced at this point or just gone down in price right yeah like this is um it, it is good it is yeah. good these are these are great especially if you, have, if you have a playstation yeah for sure i mean marvel's avengers you can get for xbox too but at yeah. this point just, just don't buy marvel's <laughs> avengers on pc because i think it's kind of died off there it's but. yeah and yeah it, it's kind of sad yeah. anyway so what are what does our community have brett yeah so we uh pitched out to our discord community a little bit of options here and i got a couple of uh feedback responses from them uh pvp on our community chat said that you should get the vermintide game of the year uh edition which i was i was surprised i don't really see pvp playing vermintide that much but uh, I think he's, he sounds like he might pick it up. And honestly, that's probably a good buy because Vermintide is a very good game. Um, Austin, I know you and Travis are quite obsessed with it. Yes, Me, not as much, it. but it's still, it's still a lot of fun. Is it Vermintide or Vermintide 2 game of the year? I have no idea. He just said Vermintide, so I put it on okay. here. I hope it's a Vermintide 2 game of the year. Let's see. 
Um, Vermintide 2. I don't know. I don't think Vermintide 2 has a game of the year, actually. I don't either. But either way, <laughs> Vermintide is still really fun. I agree. Let's yeah, I think, I think it'd be worth picking up just to... Um, just to get the, you know, the experience of it and, and play through all of it. I mean, cause it, even the price point by default was already cheap. So, um, yeah, here's Vermintide 2 at GameStop for $14.99. Oh, that's cool. So you can buy this for $15. That is for uh, yeah, it's on it's on both systems, I believe. So yeah, Xbox One and probably also yeah, PlayStation Four. So yeah, it is it is definitely worth it. Uh, it has a lot of replayability. They fixed a lot of issues and have uh, added a lot of new features and um, game types. So definitely give it a go. I highly recommend that. Yeah, especially if you get some friends together. Exactly. Yeah, but. Hey man, like we're playing online and doing matchmaking, and we get people almost instantly every time we matchmake. Really? Yeah. So that's like cool. the community has not died. Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's a fun game. It's definitely like got that cult classic kind of following to it, um, where people just you know they love that that loop, the grind of uh, yeah. playing, leveling up, getting better. Uh, and then we also have Chicken, who's another community member who recommended uh, basically. You know, obviously, we've been more so in quarantine than ever before. Um, well, originally, have been in quarantine all year, but there's still a lot of quarantining happening. So you're inside more often playing games. And he recommended a couple of CRPGs, in particular Baldur's Gate 3, to pick up. And then he also mentioned Divinity 2, if you'd rather play that. And I think from our perspective, like Baldur's Gate 3 is a really cool buy, but I would almost more so recommend divinity 2 right now just because of the fact that there is a lot of bugs with Baldur's gate 3 that kind of were game breaking concerns for us when we were playing and divinity 2 is definitely a much more polished holistic experience that gives you similar traits and qualities of um Baldur's gate but you know in larian's original form so both of those games i think though are definitely worth picking up and checking out because they're not on sale necessarily but they are very very good and larian studios shout out is an awesome studio it makes great games and we interviewed them last year on their board game that they came out with based on divinity which isn't out yet but it's coming out soon yeah it was a kickstarter yeah it's uh their baldur's gate or not baldur's gate divinity board game (laughs) yeah 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 it's really cool did you invest in that at all i did not you should I know. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about our n- next category, which is top three hardware slash service buys. Uh, this time around, it's actually there is no services. So we're just going to do hardware, hardware, peripherals, products, anything physical that you can purchase that is not a game is in this list. So we're going to dive into that and see yeah. what we think is worth doing. So let's do the same thing we did earlier, Austin. Just okay. run through your list, and then I'll run through mine, and we'll talk about them. As All we right. And give me reason um, why. So I think I always put this on here. I'm not going to go in order here. But uh, Alienware laptop is on sale. Area 51M R2, which I believe is version 2, 17-inch. They have two types. They have the, uh, what is it, the M version, and then they have the 51M. And so the M version is a little more slimline, and this one's a little thicker. 
I think you get a little more power and maybe better ventilation. Um, but it's uh, 17 inches, 144 uh, hertz screen, G-Sync uh, i7-10700K with a 2070 Super, 16 gigabyte of RAM, and a 256 gigabyte SSD with a one terabyte hard drive. And that is going to be twenty one ninety nine, and I think you're like saving a thousand dollars on it. I actually don't have the regular price here. One thousand thirty regular price is thirty two twenty nine. There you go. So, I think if you can pick one of these up, it's debatable, I guess, on like if Alienware has good uh, laptops. I've heard good bad things about them, but for what you get, um, I feel like it is a great deal. And these are usually very expensive. So if you can save some money on it and you need a laptop. This is the one to get, at least one of them. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good deal for gaming. Uh, so, yeah. And yeah. then a second one would be the Vizio 5.1.2 channel soundbar system with 6-inch wireless subwoofer and Dolby Atmos. This goes for $500. And I've been eyeing this up for like a year and a half, maybe even two years. And I was like, I just can't pull the trigger on a $500 soundbar. Uh, I was actually able to get some awesome speakers to put into my living room. So I'm not going to buy this anymore, but this was, I would have bought this this year if I didn't have what I have now. So you're saving $200. That's only $300 right now. I think it's a great buy. And last but not least, Brett, I saw this on your list. I couldn't find anything else. And I think this is a great price uh, for something that if you're looking to buy VR, the Oculus quest two for $300, it's basically the price of a console. And uh, it just has so many great features. We cover this in some of the podcasts, so go back and check that out. But, um, yeah, I think that's a great hardware buy for this year. Yeah. the uh, So you have currently, on the Vizio thing, you currently have a surround sound system in your living room, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I did have a Vizio 5.1 sound system, sound bar system, back in the day that was wireless and everything. It, it was the first version of this. I've had that thing for over five years and it still sounds pretty dang good. Yeah. So like <laughs> I had that when I was still living at my parents' house. I it wish I waited. The, uh, I the, well, I mean, I don't know if I should have waited because the sound bar that I just recently set up that I bought like a year and a half ago is the Vizio yeah. sound bar and it does yeah. sound very good, but it's just a single sound bar. So it doesn't right. have all the other fancy effects like the, 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 the behind the ears stuff. Yeah, like this, well, they have two on cool. the side, and then obviously the one soundbar in the front. Yeah, no, I, I mean, like if that. you want to upgrade from like TV, just TV speakers, and or you just you know have a headset all the time, which you know I prefer a headset because you get a little bit better audio. But you know, if you want to have that kind of movie experience, um, especially with the subwoofer, sounds good. Oh yeah, like it is definitely an upgrade. The yeah, Vizio is really nice. Better. Yeah. yeah. The uh, the Alienware laptop that you mentioned here is like a pretty hefty machine for that price point. Like I'm yeah, I'm pretty impressed with that. I mean, i7 processor, 3.8 gigahertz, the RTX mm-hmm. 2070 super, yeah, um, 144 hertz screen. Like that's 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 a lot of a lot of power. Bang for oh, the yeah. buck, you know. I don't know if it's actually 4K or not. <clears throat> no, it's uh, 1080. Screen. Okay, yeah. Yeah, easily um, 27 super easily can push that 144 hertz. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's a gaming, you know, it's it's definitely built for like, you know, yeah. fast, fast gaming. So you want to 144 hertz to get that uh high FPS and stuff like that. So right, right. Awesome. 
Well, I have three choices here on mine also, one of which is actually going to be kind of a nerdy system, but I am excited (laughs) to talk about it because I want to recommend, and this isn't really on sale, but I just think it's a really great buy for what it is, the Samsung 970 Evo Plus SSD, one terabyte. So these are the, this is $149.99, and this is the uh, new solid state, so the NVMe slots, so the really thin, like, uh, on motherboard slots that I just recently put into my new PC build. And I bought this particular one, the 970 Evo plus and it's freaking nice. awesome. Cause like yeah. installing it, you just stick it in a slot, screw it in and you're done. Like you don't have to like take out any drive bays or do any bullshit. Granted it sits underneath my graphic card. So I have to oh. take my graphic card out and then uh, plug it in and then put the graphic card back on top of it. Cause the only PCIe X 16 slot I have, the primary one oh, is man, right over kinda- top of the NVMe. That kind of sucks because I could heat that thing up a little too much and slow it down a little bit. No, it doesn't. It doesn't do it that much because um, the the heat the where the heat's going it's going different direction. So oh, it's okay. not That's good. it's not it's not pushing the heat towards the uh, towards the the. I've heard problems drive. with that. People have it on the back and it's too close to something and right. There's th- thermal issues, but you know, right? You make it work. It works. Yep. But uh, no, this thing's this thing's awesome. I mean, it's it's got eleven. It's on. Actually, it is on sale. It's normally two fifty. It's on sale for one forty nine ninety nine. So seven hundred bucks. That's pretty awesome. Hundred bucks, free shipping, Amazon Prime shipping. There's eleven thousand five star reviews. I mean, it's eleven thousand rating with five star average reviews. So I mean, it's across the board. It's a solid, solid state thing, you know. And these are (laughs) these are the uh, these are the types of uh, solid state drives that are being inputted inside of the. PlayStation and the Xbox, they're NVMe type drives. They're not actually that because they're obviously modified, but they're that yeah. kind of architecture. And uh, you can even go as high as upgrade to a two terabyte for two fifty. So for two fifty, you can have a two terabyte stick that sits inside there. That is, I mean, more than enough power. You know what I mean? So that was a pretty pretty awesome deal, and I recommend it because I've been using it for a while, and it's it's awesome. It's been great. Man. I kind of need this. I only have 500 in mine. Dude, I got two, 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 or I got two one terabyte SSDs in my drive in my system now. Dang. Yeah. What? The and then fuck? I have, and then I have a four terabyte uh, external standard drive. So I have six terabytes of storage on my computer. Oh my two of those terabytes is solid uh, state. I mean, everything's just like. Poof. I, turn, I, I, I click my PC and it turns on like less than five <laughs> seconds. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's amazing. See, I have two of the NVMe drive or slots in mine. Yeah, one behind and one in front. Yeah, and so um, I can't get to the one in the back because you have to take you have to have to take the 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 uh the motherboard out. Really? Yeah, that well it's the way that, that my case is designed. Interesting. So no, I can't I can't actually get to it. So and then my graphics card sits right behind the motherboard because uh-huh. of the design, and so that's where like there's could be thermal issues for me. That's not good. No, so I was like I'll just leave the back one empty. Yeah, I really don't need it. But man, for one terabyte. Yeah, super Why nice. How much I spent on mine? I don't know. But Probably about <laughs> can't, can't beat it though. Sure. I know. Seriously, get it, guys. Um, then I also, also as Austin mentioned, recommend the Oculus Quest Two. So not on sale, but two ninety nine. I have one myself, um, and it's been great. They just recently announced an update, a software update that uh, when you bought the Oculus Quest Two by itself, it's seventy two hertz refresh rate. Uh, they just announced an update that is allowing it to reach up to ninety hertz now with the software update. So your Oculus Quest 2 out of the box supports 90 hertz refresh rate. 
Um, addition to that, they've added a new feature called Oculus Fitness Tracker, o- Oculus, it's Oculus Fitness or something of that nature. But basically, it's a piece of software that's built into your system that is tracking your health stats in all the games that you play within the system. So because you're always in motion and moving, playing these different games, it's it's using the headset and then the controllers to track motion and calories burn while you're playing games to give you some like health. That's cool. Just so you can like go to your parents or your mom or your dad or your wife or husband or whoever and be like, look, I know I've been playing a lot of this Oculus Quest, but look how much calories I burned since I started playing. So, and then Facebook knows how much you're burning and losing weight. Exactly, and then they can target paid ads at you to change <laughs> your food habits. Oh, Facebook! How we loathe the. I know, I know, but yeah, Oculus Quest Two. Highly recommend. Last but not least, I'm going to recommend something that's rather expensive, but uh, I think I it's like worth. It's yeah, yeah, it is a good price, but like just as far a, as like everything else, this is yeah. What it's regularly worth on there? Uh, I do. I have it ready to go oh, here. Okay, <clears throat> wow, so it's actually still not that much either. So I am recommending a so because of the fact that we have new consoles that are out right now, it's in we're in a weird kind of position because of the fact that the Xbox Series X and then the PlayStation Five, if you have a 1080p television and you're upgrading to these new consoles, I don't think you should upgrade because you're not getting the full benefit of what these things can do. Now, granted, PS4 Pro supported 4K HDR, and so did the Xbox Series X, I think is 4K HDR. But if you're going from 1080p to 1080p, like you're not really going to see the, the bells and whistles and excitement of that. So I want to recommend a 4K HDR television that uh, is with uh, Samsung. So this is a 4K... Um, it's called the Samsung 65 inch QLED Q80T series 4K television, and it supports um, uh, quantum HDR, all of the HDRs, all of the 4Ks, objective tracking sound, whatever that means, built in Alexa. It's a smart TV, all of these features, all for. $1,497. So right about $1,500, you're getting a television that normally costs $1,800. So it's about $300 off right now for this TV. And it's a 65 inch, um, which is huge. I mean, more than enough television. Um, I myself bought a 60 inch Samsung 4k HDR last year and have been using that for my, uh, gaming and it's awesome. It's so good because it's super slim because because it's using the LEDs, the QLED, uh, they can make it like super super tiny and and very just like slim size. Like I think my TV weighs like forty pounds, maybe maybe forty, and it's sixty inches in size. I mean, it's one person can pick it up. It's just because it's so wide, it's hard to move around. But four K, um, super cool picture. It's got this thing called adaptive picture where as your surroundings change, the picture stays clear. So it'll adjust brightness of it based on if you're in a dark room or a light room, it'll, it'll dynamically adjust the picture so that it isn't like overly bright or overly dark. Um, it's got uh, game enhancements, which I have mine where the second I turn my TV on, it turns on game mode, which enhances the contrast and the color and the clarity and then the motion speed. So the, the processing of the screen, the frame rate, 
um, automatically turns on. It detects when you have a game console turn in there and it'll just flip it on easily. So really cool feature there. Um, just lots of, lots of cool stuff happened with this thing and it's yeah, 240 Hertz refresh rate as well. So <clears throat> I'm gonna put a disclaimer on this because I don't think a lot of people know about this, but there's a new HDMI coming out. It's HDMI 2.1. Which allow like once it's put on a TV projector or whatever, uh, even uh, AV receivers, it'll allow for variable refresh rate through the new consoles, which allows you to get uh, more accurate frame, uh, yeah, frame rate and like less lag between uh, your console and your TV or whatever. So. This is a good TV, and I would recommend it. But if you're looking for that, because I know some people are, and some people have been excited to upgrade to new stuff, it's it's been it's, some of it's rolled out now, but most of it I think is going to roll out over the next three years. So I would say get something now because screw it, unless you're doing like you know something competitive, and that's your life. Like you you probably don't need that, but it is something to think about. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, I have. I am familiar with that stuff happening i know that like you know for example a lot of people are buying these new heart consoles and stuff like that they've both companies have said like you should always make sure that you are putting in the um using the hdmi cable that this the device comes with because Mm -hmm. it's designed for this it's a higher quality cable that is designed for this console so if you're using like your cheap like five dollar cable or whatever that you bought it on amazon uh, you're not going to get the best picture quality because yeah. these cable yeah. that's included in your uh, in your package, like Xbox specifically put a disclaimer out there saying, do not use another cable, otherwise you're going to have a less than ideal experience because that is a high end. I think it's an HDMI 2.1 cable is what Should they gave be. you, but it's like a, it's yeah. a higher end cable. It's built for processing this data from the console to the, the TV. So yeah. and I think PlayStation 5 is the same deal. So... Mm. Supposedly, you should be using your cable that you get with the hardware as opposed to just using do. what's already there. <laughs> There's yeah. no reason not to. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. That's a dedicated cable. Well, you know, like sometimes, you know, people like have it just already dangling. They don't want to like have to like dismount and like change cables mm-hmm. out. So they'll just like yeah. unplug the thing and plug it into whatever's already hanging there. But right. this time, you definitely don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. That too. All right. Now, community picks. Not really much here other than to say chicken recommended. Get a comfy ass chair because you're gonna be sitting down a lot during quarantine. That is right. Um, I will say I bought a that secret lab chair. If anybody's seen those of like content creators that are buying or a lot of them actually got the cyberpunk chair, which if you've seen the yellow cool chair that people have, it's from Secret Lab, which is I bought a chair from them. Unfortunately the Cyberpunk one was unavailable, but I bought a Batman chair from them and it is very comfortable. Um, it can be kind of hard after a long period of sitting, but I think any chairs that way, if you sit for hours on end, but it has helped my back a lot sitting in this chair, just like being more upright and properly postured, you know, in the chair. So that's I one actually recommend into. the, uh, the DX racer, I believe it's the boss series. And I don't know how much they market that or how available they are now. Mm-hmm. I paid, 400 to 500 dollars i can't remember now bought a long time ago still holds up very well like when i sit on it it doesn't feel like i've been sitting on it for five years like it's very well padded and uh for the most part like i can sit here for a few hours and be comfortable i I do have you did i do know those things in my back um 
because it has this little divot that comes out for your neck. And I always hated that in chairs. Mm-hmm. So kind of like if I lean back, my neck's kind of pushed forward a little bit. Oh, yeah. It's meant for bigger size people. But like I think they say six feet or more. Yeah. But um, I'm 6'10", or I'm 5'10", not 6'10". <laughs> You're tall I'm as 5'10", shit. and uh, I fit pretty well in this. Yeah. And it has all the features of DX Racer. But you, I feel like the, the DX Racer, like normal chairs, you know, it's like a racing chair, so it kind of has those the buzz sides are, that yeah. come in. And I just hate that. I have it in my car, and I just hate it. I feel like I'm being squished in a yeah. way. Not, but, you know. It's built for su- super thin people that don't have a wide body, and exactly. we're wider people. Exactly. So yeah. I recommend that if you can get your hands on it and have the money. It's not cheap, but there's another one called the Ergo Chair 2, which I've heard about. And I've been thinking about upgrading to because it has more of the features I want, more of like the back wise and the head, adjustable head. Yeah. I don't even know what you call it. Little head rest. Yeah. And uh, it looks pretty comfy from what I've seen. Yeah. It's uh, 39, 30, or it's 339. You save $80 right now, Black Friday. Nice. Mm-hmm. Badass. Some extra stuff throw in there. All right. Last segment we have is our top three deals. So this is, as I mentioned before, this is our top three picks for just the fact that this is the great bang for your buck. Um, so Austin, I'm going to let you kick off and say your three recommended picks for best okay. bang for your buck. Best bang for my buck. I'm putting in the link right now. I'm covering up. Okay. <laughs> so best bang for your buck. On Amazon, God of War PlayStation 4 for $10, and they're also doing a thing where you buy two games, get one free. Wow. I feel like that's a pretty badass deal. So buy two of the same price or lesser I value? or so. Okay. It's not very clear. Like, I yeah. went to the link, and I tried to look around, and obviously I'm not buying these, so maybe when you put them in your cart, it all makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Make but, sure you uh, link this, too, so I have it for reference. <sighs> yeah, I'll do it here. I tried to do it on my iPad, and it would not give me the link anyway so yeah, the next worse. one would be the alienware area 51 mr2 17 inch i just feel like that's a freaking good deal it's the same one as earlier right it is the yeah. same one as earlier and then lastly uh the one year playstation plus membership which is uh 50 off 29.50 yep so basically 30 bucks i mean yeah if you got a playstation you want that <laughs> yeah that's a huge right, deal i had a copy you um, yeah, that's the same one I had on my list, and it's it was on slickdeals.net where I found it. Um, okay. And you can pick it up at uh, Aniba, which I've never heard of Aniba before, but if you put in the code uh, 50%, it is a 50% discount code for a year subscription, which is normally $60. It's on sale for 30 which is awesome. So hopefully it's legit. I don't know, but it looks like it might be legit. <laughs> and... Uh, you can't beat that price. I mean, the, like, again, as we mentioned earlier, like PS Plus, you get 24 free games a year, plus you get access to the online play. But like, just the fact that you get 24 free games, you're literally getting 24 games for like a little over a dollar a piece. Top quality games. Mm-hmm. Like last year, you got Call of Duty World War II, you got Fall Guys, you got Metal Gear Solid Five, you got. Um, uh, the list there, there's so many of them I can't remember right now, but there was a shit ton of them that came out for free, that were like new ish games. It's amazing. Um, any other commentary on your 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 two other two picks? Um, other than just like, hey, get them. They're awesome. Uh no, I I think 
think the God of War thing might have changed. That's not good. I have seen it for ten dollars. I mean, it's it's ten dollars, but I think the buy one get one free is changed on Amazon. Yeah, <sighs> that kind of sucks. Yeah, because it was on IGN deals, and now it's not there anymore. Like God of War still there, but they changed it. Yeah, and the same options I had earlier is not available. Wait, hold on. Maybe it is. Well, oh, shit. I don't know. I'll link the God of War one. Maybe y'all can figure it out. I'm not sure. <laughs> Either way, I mean, even $10 for God of War is, you know, you can't pass that up. Exactly. That's a good, solid price point for that game. So, well, uh, I already mentioned my one-year PS Plus membership for $30, 50% off. I also want to mention and recommend Borderlands 3. It is 20 bucks, 67% off the retail price. I feel like you cannot beat this price point because not only is it, you know, on a discount here, actually it's even 19. Yeah. It's 1979. Um, it's on the PlayStation store that it's on sale. So this is a game that had like 30 hours worth of content just in the single player. Um, it's also co-op so you can get with a friend or two or three and play co-op together. And this is, this is where this game shines is playing co-op with your friends going through killing a bunch of bad guys, upgrading your guns, leveling up. Uh, they continually support this game. They had a season one pass that you could pay for that brought out three pieces of DLC content that were about three to four hours long each. So it was additional like 12, 15 hours worth of content. Plus they're doing live service like update events that go on throughout the year. So they had a, a Halloween event last year. They repeated that again this year. They did an event that was something about like a drug cartel or something like that, that you could go and play a certain new level and level up and get special gear through that. So they're still updating it. And they just announced another season pass that's coming uh, with the new generation of consoles. So buying this now at 20 bucks is like totally worth it because you're going to get tons more content coming forward with the next generation consoles and a PS5 Plus upgrade that I think is going to be free. So, uh, or Xbox Series X upgrade. So, um, I feel like that's a really solid deal. Additionally, uh, Control Ultimate Edition is a game that I talked about last year that I had a blast with. It was, it was a lot of fun. Haven't beat it yet. Need to jump back into it to get, get a beat. But you can get the Ultimate Edition, which comes with all the DLC, for nineteen ninety nine, 50% off. It's only 20 bucks to play this. And this this game is just... It's really, really cool. It's from Remini Entertainment. So Alan Wake, uh, Quantum Break, all those games. This is their really cool, dark, weird game where you play a character that can do all kinds of cool powers and um, figure out what's going on with this big, huge house that is a government agency that's got all kinds of spooky shit going on in it. And um, I want to. I can't wait to play this on PS5 because the things that held this game back was that it was slow loading menus and things like that on PS4 pro. It just was not optimized well. So I'm anxious to see how it plays here on the new console hardware. So very good buys right there. Highly awesome. recommend 10 awesome. out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yep. All right. Last category we have before we close this out, best buy of the season from your existing list. Austin, if you could pick anything that you just recommended yes. on your list, what would be that thing that you would recommend everybody buy yes. if they couldn't buy anything else? Well, that answer is going to be the Vizio 5.1.2 channel soundbar 
with uh, Dolby Atmos. I mean, again, I've been eyeing this thing for two years. It was been five hundred dollars this whole time. It is now down to three hundred dollars. If you want to upgrade, it is great. Plus, it has Dolby Atmos, which apparently, from what I have read, throws like a sec. It kind of bounces audio off your walls and allows for it to instead of being in certain speakers to kind of generate that. It's able to make it sound like it's in different planes and not just on the plane of the speakers. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. More, so that's more what, oh, yeah. well-rounded more audio spatial. around your yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, it's really cool. I like it. Uh, and I think uh, everyone should get it. I think the, uh, air, the home pod is supposed to do that. Like it has the ability to where if you have it stuck in a corner, it's supposed to be able to bounce the sound around appropriately so that it, it doesn't oh. sound like it's coming from a directional location. It's like surrounding your ears. So what is it? The HomePod, Apple HomePod. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. It's supposed to have like fantastic audio technology inside of it. Wow. Well, maybe you should get that too. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. They just announced the HomePod Mini, which is $100 and has the same technology right. built into it. It's not as good of a speaker, but apparently it's it's pretty solid. So I'm going to I'm gonna pick one up here pretty soon and play it because nice. I'm all about the a- Apple ecosystem. Um, my best buy is going to be that one year PlayStation plus membership for 30 bucks. Even if it's yeah. not even on sale for 30 bucks, I think just even the $60, I mean, like if you have a PlayStation, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a requirement to have PlayStation plus, but if you can yeah. find it discounted, like it's such a great deal. I mean, game pass is awesome. I love game pass. I talked about a lot. That was my pick for last year, but this year, just the fact that out of the gate, if you have a PlayStation plus membership, you get those 20 some awesome games from PS4 uncharted bloodborne freaking last of us all these games really really good as part of this subscription i mean for 30 bucks hell yeah like no brainer and then just knowing that you're gonna get all these games destruction all stars is gonna be free in february right now bug snacks is free so like all these games that like normally would cost 60 bucks a pop you're getting for 30 dollars for a year and you get to keep them like just do it just go do it right now I agree. So, well, that's it. That's it, everybody. That's going to wrap up our 2020 holiday gift buying guide for gamers. If you have any suggestions that we did not talk about here, please give us a shout out and a message. And we might, you know, throw it in the show notes and update it with our community feedback. So thank you all to everyone that was on our discord channel that gave their suggestions and that's going to wrap it up for our discussion this week. If you want to contribute to next week's segment, give us a shout at dinnergamer.net, or you can join us on our Discord channel with that link in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Looking forward to next week, let's talk about upcoming video game releases. We have three games coming out, all at the beginning of the month on December 1st. So, first up, we have Kronos Before the Ashes on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC. This is an atmospheric RPG that chronicles a hero's lifelong quest to save their homeland from a great evil. Grow wiser, stronger, and more powerful as you explore the depths of the mysterious labyrinth. But beware, the labyrinth takes a heavy toll. Each time your hero dies, they lose a year of their life. Um, Austin, remember that game that we played, uh, Remnant from the Ashes? Yes. This is the same developer. This is their new oh. game, Chronos Before the Ashes, but oh, it's shit. not co-op. I know, I know. Just single player. Yeah, so that's a sad day, but... I'm, I'm excited. Similar gameplay, but not co-op, so very yeah. sad. Yeah. But it does sound cool. 
Then we also have Empire of Sin on PS4, Xbox One, PC, Switch, and Mac, which you don't hear that very often. Empire of Sin is a strategy game that is from the Romero Games and Paradox Interactive that puts you in the heart of the ruthless criminal underworld of 1920s Prohibition era Chicago. Slip into the shoes of one of the 14 real and historically inspired mob bosses such as Al Capone, Stephanie St. Clair, or Golden Goldie Garneau, and assemble a ragtag gang, build and manage your criminal empire, and defend your turf from rival gangs. It's up to you to hustle, charm, and intimidate your way to the top and do whatever it takes to stay there. Break a leg. And last but not least, we have Twin Mirror on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. This is another game from Don't Not Entertainment. They've done two this year. Tell me why, and now Twin Mirror. And this is a game that follows Sam, a 33-year-old man recovering from a recent breakup. He returns to his hometown, Basswood, West Virginia, for the funeral of his best friend. Understandably depressed and bitter, he feels completely out of sorts and out of place. But when he wakes up in his hotel room with a bloody shirt and no memory of his whereabouts the previous night, he embarks on a twisted investigation to find the truth. Whoa. Intense. And with that, that's going to wrap up our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. If you like what you hear, please review on Apple Podcast. And don't forget to join us every single Wednesday on our stream, twitch.tv slash gamercast at 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website over at innergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast videos and streams even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel, so check out the show notes for that link. And as always, if you cannot contribute monetarily, please take this time to share this episode with a friend, family member, or loved one. The more eyes are getting in front of our content, uh, the faster we grow, and it helps more than you know. So thank you for your continued support. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Brett Yanoski. And you've been listening to the Intergamer Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving, guys, and we'll catch you after you buy all your goodies on Black Friday. Bye! Yeah.